Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it is Thursday, and we are talking UFC. What is going on, James? I'm going very well, thanks Arch. Obviously, Thursday we're back, but this time for a big pay-per-view card between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic. Very much looking forward to this weekend. How are you going, Arch? Hey, not too bad. Not, not too bad at all. We also have Mason joining us. What is going on, Mason? Cheers for having me on, actually. Big pleasure. Yeah, now, for, for those of you that don't know, James and Mason, that's the duo behind the Sports Sesh podcast. Yeah, you got that right this time. Hey. I know it is a bit of a mouthful. It is. <laughs> we don't. I, the Sports Sesh podcast. You got the, yeah. You got the big name on now, Arch. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I've got the talent, the talent behind the Sports Sesh podcast yeah. on today. Yeah. Oh, that's the one. Oh, don't make me laugh, boys. Come on. <laughs> Can we keep right. it together now? No, we'll, we'll try. We'll try. So, James, <laughs> all things considered, you don't think it was that bad of a weekend last weekend, right? Because it was kind of crazy. I mean, I, I've, I genuinely have no idea what went on last weekend. I was just there scratching my head as, as it all unfolded. I was like, what on earth is going on here? Because... Like I said, we had so many like injuries, withdrawals. I was just there thinking to myself, what's going on? And I think when you messaged me the next day, I was there like, it wasn't the, the best day at the office for me uh, personally. No, no, no. Just, I think we were down like 44 bucks. So, I mean, that's not bad, all things considered. When it just... When it's just pure chaos out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Considering, obviously, what went on in the fight week leading up to the card, I think with all things considered, uh, hopefully we don't have many more withdrawals today or leading on to Saturday night and we can have a full card and I can go through all of my uh, takes in depth and hopefully, you know, I can earn you some profit. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully so. we just jump right into it, Mason? You ready? Let's go for it. All right. First up, we've got... Uh, the fight of the night, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, I'm very much looking forward to this. Stephen Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. Um, from the sort of fans' perspective, the sort of the permutations are massive. If you're in DC's corner, I think you know you're going to want to go out on a high. This is this will be his last fight, and he's confirmed that. But with all things considered, if he won last year against Miocic in the rematch, I think he would have retired then. But 
I think this is his, obviously his final hurrah, and you know, it'll be interesting to see because going into the four, the fourth round in their last fight, I think at UFC two four one, we all knew the score. We all knew Daniel Cormier was three 0 up until Steve Miocic changed his approach and changed his strategic approach, going for the body shots, and that really took its toll going into the latter rounds of the fourth round, and uh, obviously managed to get the finish. I think when I'm looking at it. I'm seeing so many, I think Stephen Miocic is arguably one of the more underappreciated champions, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. I think people tend to overlook his accomplishments. I mean, he's the, he holds the record for the most title defences in heavyweight history with three. And, you know, he's held notable wins over Engano de Santos, who avenged his defeat too earlier. Vadum, same, and Alistair Overeem. So you can't overlook Miocic and his accomplishments inside the octagon. But if he loses... I see uh, Miocic retiring as well. And I think going into this fight, when you break it down, that both men have shown that they're capable of knocking each other out. And it's, in my opinion, it's a certainty um, someone's going to get finished in this fight. I think with the UFC apex in the smaller octagon, personally, I think it favours Cormier, A, with his wrestling, and B, with the dirty boxing. There's not going to be a lot of room for Midget to manoeuvre and sort of get his way back into the fight if he's taking hard shots. With DC, you know, we'd love to see DC fight, like I said, the dirty boxing and getting into those scrappy little areas in the fight, which Midget may not have an answer for. Um, But no, obviously, like I said, don't take anything away from Midget and his achievements, but (laughs) this is going to be a tough one to call, and I think, with Daniel Cormier, he's going to want to get out on a high. I'm sort of leaning towards DC in this one. I think I'm going to go for a DC via fourth round TK on this one. I think we will get the finish. The, yeah. Like I said earlier, the early octagon, the smaller octagon sort of benefits the the challenger in this one. I think he goes out on the high. Sounds good. Mason, thoughts? <clears throat> I, I agree with the winner that James has said. I believe DC will get it done, but I, I think it'll go all the way to the decision. I think DC is going to control him quite a lot on the ground. And as we've seen DC saying to the lead up to the fight, he's going to use, he's going to rely on it. Well, not rely, but he's going to use his wrestling a lot more. And as we know, we can stand with Steep here as well. So hope, in my opinion, I do hope DC comes out with the winter top his career off, but I also, I do think that will happen as well. I think his wrestling will be the deciding factor in the fight. But you think it's not? He's not going to submit him. You think it's a decision? That, yeah, I think I think it'll be a decision victory for DC. All right. DC by decision is paying us plus three fifty. No, it's not bad. Uh, DC wins uh, by TKO or submission plus one seventy five. So that looks they're pr- pr- predicting in Vegas. That's a little more likely than going to the decision in the fourth. Wow, you're getting plus sixteen hundred if it ends in the fourth. It looks like it. It's they're projecting it to go to end a little bit earlier than that, like maybe the first or the second, and then the numbers really start to climb. So I like it. I like it. I don't know if I like backing the forty-one-year-old <laughs> to win. Period. Really? Yeah, Whew, it's tough. I I can't follow you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that minus one hundred one, just flat number for Stip to win. I'm gonna bet him. Uh, have you got a round or? Ah, man. Uh, if it, okay, if it if it is going to happen, it's going to happen f- really quick. I'm just looking. Uh, I'm going to say first. If it's going to happen. First round, first no, round or decision. Round. That's your two options, man. 
yeah, well, I'm, I'm impressed, Arch. Obviously, you know, over the past couple of episodes, you're reluctant to sort of give a round by round as to how it will finish. And you, you've just gone for the fighters. Now you've given me a, a round and a winner, and I'm, I'm you know, you're learning. I'm you you impressed. mistake you mistake reluctance <laughs> you mistake reluctance for ignorance. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, man, there we go. This is going to be a good fight because just even straight up, they opened even. They both opened up minus one hundred seven. So Vegas wasn't quite sure, you know, who they liked. They just wanted a piece of both mm. sides. So it's going to be interesting. Oh, 100%. Uh, all right. Next up, we got, you know, oh, yeah, we've got uh, everyone's favorite uh, wig enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this should be a good one as well. I think this has got all the ingredients to be the fight of the night. I think Sean O'Malley versus Mona Veritz. I'm very, very much looking forward to this. When you look at O'Malley, just what he's achieved in his early UFC career, I mean, Obviously, he took that two-year gap due to injuries and suspensions and his performance against Alfred Kazakayan in the Contender Series was just sensational. And albeit his first two fights in the UFC went the decision, they were very dominant performances. And then to come back against uh, Quineros and Wineland, he just looked second to none in that fight. He was absolutely brilliant. You know what O'Malley brings to the table. His skill set is so divine. And he just makes no mistakes. You know, he can, this guy just comes into the octagon and he will knock you out. He will want to knock you out in this fight. And I think with Marlon Vera, again, we know what he brings to the table. I think he's he's very aggressive in his approach and we know he likes to, he tends to start a bit slow, but I think at any opportunity, I think that he's a, he's a BJJ expert, he's a black belt. And I think with this fight, Marlon Vera is probably the best bet to sort of, look to sort of go in for a flying knee or a, a heavy strike and then shoot for the takedown and sort of use his decent ground game ability to sort of frustrate O'Malley. But we've seen O'Malley's sort of takedown defense is just on point. You know, you look at how he's, I think he's like 5'11", 6 foot. And for a bantamweight, you know, fighting at 135 pounds, you're like 6 foot. It's crazy. You're not taking him down. Um, this will be O'Malley's toughest test to date in the UFC career. I can see that. And obviously, Vera, he's, he went on a five-winning streak and then lost to Sedong Yong, Song Yedong earlier on about a month or two ago. So he, he's, he's sort of wanting to come back on the high end to sort of derail the hype train. And O'Malley will be a, a big win for Vera. You know, you cannot underestimate Vera at all. But going into this fight, it, it really is a tough one, I think. Originally, I'm, I'm so torn in this fight as to how it happened. I think with O'Malley and his just lengthily huge striking background and his kickboxing and just sort of his highlight reel knockouts and his um, reach and his height, I think that will get him done. I think that will sort of pay dividends in the fight and he'll get the job done. But I'm torn as to how it happened. I, I did say early on in the week it'll be a first round TKO and then I went for a decision, but I'm going to go back to my former um, prediction. I'm going to go for a first round TKO. Oh, wow. Mason, thoughts? For O'Malley. O'Malley, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't want to sound too similar, but I agree with both the winner and the round with James. I do think it'll be a first round TKO. I think the striking of O'Malley is going to be too accurate and even though he's not the most powerful guy in the division, he's he's got the accuracy, so... As we've seen in his last fight, the one punch, it, it can put you down. So I, I've, as much as I like Vera, I do think that's going to be yeah, the end result on come Saturday night, first round for Sean O'Malley. All right. I thought I was a little worried about this one. I thought you both would take mm. Mar- Marlon Vera because you just want to shit on the Irish. That's that's kind of that's what I thought. 
saying so no no i've, I've always been on the uh show you showing up train mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. but no like o'malley opened up minus 281 and mason i'm sorry i, I speak american uh american odds here so uh, no, no decimal odds here so uh, um o'malley opened okay opened up minus 281 he's at 281 right now there's really no value in taking him he looks like vegas is predicting a win so it's either follow james and mason in the early early stoppage, or you got to find a way to bet Marlon Vega Vera. I'm sorry, at plus two thirty. I can't get there. I th- I do think Sean O'Malley wins. I got to follow you guys here. Mm. There it is. I got to follow you. There's just no value any other way. No, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. like you said, many of I think even Vegas themselves are just sort of leaning towards O'Malley big time. Yeah. And yeah, I think everyone's getting on the sugar show, aren't they? They're all joining in on the act. Yeah, plus one fifty. Plus one fifty from O'Malley to end it, uh, end it early. Any kind of stoppage mm. is plus one fifty. Uh, in the first, you're getting plus four hundred. So there you go. Mm. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right. I guess we're moving on to the next one. We are indeed. I believe that's his junior to Santos versus Josinia Rosenstreich. Um, wow, you, you pronounce that like a pro. Good job. Well, uh, yeah, I don't want to blow my own trumpet there, Ross, but yeah, I think I did all right with that. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, Mason? You see the ego that's running Mason? You see it? <laughs> this is what I've got to deal with every week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, obviously all the eyes are sort of going to be on DC Miocic this weekend in terms of the heavyweight matchup, but you, you don't want to sleep on this fight between two absolute killers in Dos Santos and Jorginho Rosenstreich. Obviously going into the fight... We just saw this. This we saw this meteoric rise in Jarzinho Rosenstrike, obviously defeating. The, I think the one thing that comes to mind is Arlovski's knockout in 29 seconds, and then to take a fight a month later against Alistair Overeem, who just you know you don't want to be taking a fight against Alistair on the month's notice, just purely based on his experience in the MMA game. All right, he was probably losing all five rounds, and then, you know, with five seconds to go, Jorginho just caught him with a clean punch and knocked him out with four seconds to go. Unfortunately, his unbeaten run went to, came to an end against Francis Ngannou and at UFC 249. Was, it was just crazy. So there's a bit of added pressure to Jorginho Rosenstrike on this one. We know... What he's capable of with Rosenstrike, he's a hard hitter, but he's also got that kickboxing range and that sort of high kickboxing ability to back up that striking. When you look at De Santos, he's the same. Fifteen win, uh, fifteen out of his twenty-one wins have come via knockout. He's a hard hitter himself, and yeah, I'm I'm very much I'm I'm a big fan of um, Junior De Santos. Obviously, he's the former champion. He's he, obviously the best days, best of his days are behind him, but he can still get it done on his day and. The striking is sort of going to be a, a big factor in this one. Whether who, it's just going to be a case of who's got the better striking. I think I'm really, really torn on this fight. I think both men are going to want to stand and throw, looking for a quick finish. And in terms of the power, I think Rosenstrike has the better power. But if uh, DeSantos can sort of wheel his way past the first round and sort of get himself back into the fight in the second and third, I think we will see it go to the judges' scorecards and. Dos Santos, at this point, you've got to question his chin. I think he's got a decent chin on him, but like I said, he's getting on a bit. It'll be interesting to see how he approaches his fight, but I think this one goes a full distance, and I'm going for a Dos Santos win. Mason? Um, again, I agree with the winner with James, but I'm, I'm going for a JDS third round TKO. I think I'm going for that because I think the bo- boxing of JDS is going to be 
a level above Rosenstrike. But I think Rosenstrike's going to want to prove a point after himself, losing in such quick fashion against Francis. But whether he rushes in and tries to do that and gets caught in any of the rounds or not remains to be seen. But I'm going to go for a JDS third round. TKO. TKO. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha in there. Let's see. Uh, DeSantos opened up plus 134, and now he's plus 114. Rosenstrike opened up minus 155. He's minus 131 now. So it looks like, yeah, I mean, despite Vegas setting DeSantos as an underdog, it looks like the money's probably coming in on DeSantos. Uh, he's gotten 20 cents worse, and I see no reason to doubt that. I think the money and you guys are probably on the right side. Um, I like it. I, I, you know, you can take DeSantos to win with that plus one fourteen, or you can follow. You can follow James. James's decision on DeSantos is getting you. Let's see, uh, plus three, plus three, 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 plus three thirty three. That's not bad. Uh, Mason grabbed the third round. Ah, it's plus one. That's plus eighteen hundred. Holy crow! <laughs> uh, so across the board, everyone's getting a plus line here. So yeah, I think DeSantos is the play. Just figure out how you want to bet him. Mm. I think if we are going to, I think we will see a DeSantis win, but it, it will be late on. I think if you're looking for, sort of for a path to victory for Josino, I think he will get it done early. I think that's the only way he's going to win. He's got to get him out early and he's got to look for the first round finish. That, that's, Whether he's got the ability, I don't know. I agree with you I'd there. I'd like to see that line. I agree with you there. If you look at the whole prop bets, who's going to win round versus round? The <clears> most, the, it's it's still a plus line. It's plus 250, but Rosenstrike has the lowest payout to win in the first yeah. round. After that, it just kind of goes up from there. So it looks like that might be the trouble spot for Dos Santos is that first round. Mm. Got to survive that. 100%. Okay. I guess we can move on. Yep, next up we've got John Dodson versus Marat Dilashvili. Uh this is obviously a bantamweight clash and I'm very much looking forward to this one. I think in recent times the sort of the Georgians have been coming up clutch. I think they're they they're, they're athletes are certainly one to watch because you look at Agiga as well. Uh, I believe he's up featherweight and he's sort of impressed recently, but with with Marab, he's sort of <clears throat> bursting onto the scene who's been building an impressive sort of streak himself with the uh, UFC and I think he's uh, got an 11-4 record and he's in, he's, he's on to impress and I think this is a big opportunity to prove himself on the big stage but I think what makes Devashvili so unique is obviously his work ethic and his you know relentless ability just to sort of draw attention and to sort of get the fight to the floor and frustrate people and sort of get it done early and in terms of the submission game, but he can also grind out for the full 15. You know, he, he has the ability to sort of get you down and sort of pick you apart for the full 15. He doesn't care. You know, if there's an opportunity for him to submit you, he'll take it, but he doesn't care if it goes to full 15. Whereas you look at, uh, John Dodson, he's he's not he's definitely no pushover in this fight. I mean, he's, he's been around the UFC for a fair few time, uh, for a fair while now. I think he's been in the UFC since 2012, and you know he's beaten some top prospects. And as of recently, he beat Nathaniel Wood. I think that was his last fight. So many sort of see him as a gatekeeper in the bantamweight division. You know, it's your opportunity to get into the top ten and sort of push on from there. But Dodson, this will be an interesting one. I think he excels in the stand-up department just because of his elite punch and power. And I think he is a threat standing. However, if Merab can sort of get the fight early and get the fight to the floor early, I think we will see him frustrate a guy like John Dodson. And I don't think he's 
very well equipped fighting off of his back and especially against an elite wrestler in Marab. I, I, I don't see John getting it done. I'm going to go for a Devashvili by decision. This is, I think this is the first time so far that I've disagreed with James. I'm going to go for a John Dodson decision. I've, I've got a feeling that it's going to be a competitive fight on both aspects on the ground and standing up, but I've I've got a slight feeling that John might just edge edge the fight and pull off the decision win. And the reason I want that is because hopefully after that there could be a Nathaniel Wood rematch down the line. All right, so split decisions for you guys. That's interesting. Let's take a look here and see. Uh, Dodson opened up plus one sixty one. He's plus one eighty one now. Uh, Marib opened up minus 188. He's minus 224 now. So Vegas set him as the favorite. Everyone's jumping in on him. Ooh, this is a tough one. Dodson, he's he's ancient now, isn't he? He's what is he like? He, he, he's certainly been getting on a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. He's been around the game for a while. Like I said, he's been there since 2012. He's like 35 Ooh, now. Wow, wow. He's still got a bit to offer though. But he, yeah, you think he's, he's he, coming towards the end? He's still got some gas in the tank, is what you think, huh? Yeah. Yeah, if he if he wins, which I don't, I don't like I said, I don't think he will. But if he beats Merab, that sort of gives him a path to sort of, you know, stake a claim for a late title shot. But I doubt that. Okay, so um, let's see, Merab by decision, you're getting minus one thirty eight. So he's still a, you're still getting a negative line for that one. Dodson to win by decision plus four hundred. Oh wow, that's good. I just couldn't. I, man, I wanted to take Dodson. I just don't see it here. Mm-hmm. 224 is too much to lay on this bet so i'm gonna have to follow you james on the decision sorry yeah. sorry mason nothing personal <laughs> <laughs> that's always personal in these podcasts i'm afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> hey i hope you're right i hope you made some money right there though that's good good hopefully all right what do you got next up james uh, I th- believe this is Jim Miller versus Fink, uh, Pichel. This is yeah. uh, uh, this is a, a close one again. I've, from what I've been seeing come fight week, this is as close as the main event. I believe I've seen so many people top and tail as to who they'll think will get this one. You know what Jim Miller brings to the table? He's such a veteran. Um, he's been like I said, he's been around the game for a while. I think with both sort of fighters, they both have a, a path to win. I think with Miller. He's a smooth striker, but he's also got the ground uh, game ability to sort of back him, back himself up. And I think he's certainly got the versatile ability to sort of cause Pichel a lot of problems, especially on the feet and on the floor. But I think with one thing that sort of benefits from is his sort of sheer size and his reach advantage over a guy like Jim Miller. I think, you know, I think uh, when we come to face off tomorrow or today or whatever, you'll see the sort of difference in sort of the, the height and the reach. And I think... With Vink, it is the same really with Jim. He's sort of got a, he's got a decent skill set. He's got a versatile uh, game that can cause Jim a lot of problems. And I think with this one, it's sort of like I said, it's such a tough one. I think with Miller, he needs to sort of. I think if his best bet for this one is to sort of get the fight to the floor early on, and whether we can see Vink, you know, defend well off of his back, and you know, if things get sort of. If he gets into trouble on his feet, can Vink then go for the takedown himself and sort of look for the finish there? It's like it's fifty-fifty in terms of both guys. They've both got the ability to finish the fight, but you know it's it's so tough to call. It's very razor thin, but I, I don't know. I think with this one, I think you're going to see a Jim Miller 
in his recent fight, and I believe that was against Scott Holtzman, no, Roosevelt Roberts in June. Um, and it's the same approach with Scott Holtzman, really, when he fought Roosevelt Roberts. Obviously, he got the first-round submission, but I think you look at the fight with Scott Holtzman, it went the full distance. And obviously, if Bink doesn't give himself up early on and sort of avoids the sort of takedown, mm. I think he weathers the storm Bink. And I think, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure, I'm not convinced with Jim. I think he'll start very slow and then that will sort of favour Bink in the fight. And I'm going to go for a Bink by decision on this one. Mason? Um, I've got a different approach. St. James, I think it will be close, but I've gone for a Jim Miller second round submission. As we've seen, he's got a, he's got a good um, submission game, and it's quite it's a quite strong submission game. But I, I don't think he's going to lose this fight. I do believe that he's going to win by by submission, and I'm going to go for a second round. Second round submission. Okay, uh, Jim Miller opened up minus one hundred two, and now he is plus one hundred nine. So a little bit of shift there, seven cents. A Vink opened up minus 112. He's minus 125 now. So a little thir- 13 cent shift right there. So it looks like there's probably a little money trickling in on Vink. Vince, Vink, a little bit. Let's see here. Uh, by decision, we've got plus 187. That's not bad. Not bad. Uh, for Jim Miller to win in the second, got second round win plus 850. And we can t- jump on top of that with an early submission plus two twenty five. Wow, Mason, if that hits, you, we're really going to get paid. <laughs> we're really going to get paid. That second <laughs> round hit, looking good. You know, I kind- fingers crossed, Arch. Yeah, man, no doubt. I kind of like Jim Miller here, just ever so slightly. That plus one hundred nine looks good. I'll- I'm going to take a piece of Jim Miller here just to win the fight. Plus one hundred nine. If you're going to put a gun to my head, I will say. Decision. There you go. Everybody likes to say decision. I'll take Jim Miller decision. All right. Next up, what are we looking at, James? Uh, Ashley Yoda versus Livia Renata Souza. Obviously, a strawweight belt, and I'm looking yeah, forward yeah. to this one. I think both in terms of their approach are going to be very, very similar. We know what uh, Livia brings to the table. She's a, a smooth black belt in BJJ, and she, I think eight of her 12 victories have come prior submission so she's very dangerous off her back same with um, Yoda as well obviously four out of her seven have come via submission but in terms of the UFC she's not been she hasn't been as consistent she's two and four in the UFC overall record she's mainly impressed in the Invicta promotion and in the uh, BA MMA USA promotion and you know she hasn't enjoyed the best of runs in the UFC and I think with this one both fighters haven't fought for a while since obviously early two thousand, like mid-2019. It's been a while since we've both seen them in action. <clears throat> both coming off of uh, decision losses. Uh, Yoda via a decision to Marcos and I'm not even going to pronounce the woman that you've lost to. It's just too tough. But um, you, in terms of the approach, you know what to expect from sort of both fighters. They've both got an elite sort of wrestling background. Yoda's got a decent kickboxing background as well. So if the fight does stand... She's probably she might have the edge in her sort of stand up game, but Yoda's got good scrambling as well. And you know, I think with this fight, it's going to be an interesting to see who. It's going to be a case of who's better on the floor. Um, uh, oh, this is a tough one to call. I think, like I said, it's been a while since we've seen both fighters, but I'm going to go for a Sosa via second round submission. Mason, what you got? 
I'm I'm going for a Souza submission, but in the third round, I think the her BJJ attributes and obviously the ground game is going to help massively in this fight. And as James says, if it go if it stays on the feet, I think it might slightly edge towards Ashley. But I think it's I think um, Livia is going to take it to the ground and win by third round submission. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Souza opened up minus one fifty. She's minus one fifty nine now. Uh, Yoder opened up plus 130. She's plus 137 now. I can't find a single stat that makes me think the fight's even going to be that close. I, mm-hmm. I think Sosa's a dominant favorite here. I, 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 I can't find a piece of data at all that says, <laughs> that says uh, Ashley has a chance in hell. So, mm. man, this, it, it, this should be pretty one-sided just for me looking at the stats. So, yeah, shit. Uh I, I mean, even at minus 159, I, w- I don't normally advocate taking something that high, but I still think you'd be safe just taking the minus 159, laying that kind of mm-hmm. money. Uh, let's see. Souza wins in by any. Okay. Souza by any early stoppage is still playing, paying plus 350. They think it might go decision. That's only paying plus 125. In the second, you get plus eleven hundred. In the third, you get plus eighteen hundred. So you can safely, you can safely take Souza in the second and the third, no problem. Still turn a profit, and so you could back both James and Mason in this one easily, easily, and make some money here. So I'm going to follow you, probably follow you both, and just mm. see see if we can get paid. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what worries me though is you got you know if it goes to the ground you just never know how judges are going to score they don't ever judges can't they never let anybody win on their back and you said she likes to win on her back correct yeah well they, they both do anyway they've both got a, yeah. an elite sort of background on the map but yeah 100 percent agree like in terms of the scoring system yeah you know what classes as a successful takedown you know what gets you points um, if you're doing damage on the floor it's it's ridiculous yeah judges, just don't, judges they don't understand that it's clearly see they don't understand that yeah and, and we've certainly had our rants over the past couple <laughs> months when it comes to children's uh, judging system believe you me <laughs> yeah so if it goes to the decision all bets are off who the fuck knows yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm switching off if it goes to yeah right. <laughs> all right what's up next Oh, well, from what I've got written down, I think it's Chris Dalkus versus Parker Porter. I'm that's not sure what, that's what I had too. Yeah, yeah. Should we just go with it? I think let's, that's let's it. go with it. Let's just go with it. Obviously, it's a heavyweight bout, and both are making their UFC debut. And many, I've looking at this on Fight Week, many are excited to sort of seeing the debut of Chris in uh, in favor of Parker. And, you know, obviously with Parker Porter, he's got a nine and five record with whereas with Chris. He's eight and three, and all of his eight professional MMA victories, seven of them have come via stoppage. And he's very, he's very quick off the blocks. You know, he's very quick in terms of getting the job done early. And he's arguably, in my opinion, out of the two, Chris is the better striker. He can certainly knock you out and knock your lights out within an instant. He loves to have that knockout power, and it's the sort of same with. Porter as well, but but out of the two, I think Porter's a more technical fighter. He's got the well-rounded ability to sort of back and fight up and back himself up. And if the fight does go to the floor, which we rarely do see with heavyweights, but if the fight do, does go to the floor, I think Porter will be more equipped to fight off the, on the floor. And whether we'll see Chris give up his back and who knows how his defence will be, but. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the debut of Chris. And same with Parker, and it should be a good fight. I think 
believe you me, this this fight is not going the distance. Someone's getting knocked out, and I think Chris is going to win via first round TKO. Ooh, Mason, do you agree? Um, I don't. I'm going for a Porter second round TKO just oh. because I know Porter's got a Porter's got a multiple TKO wins on his record, and when I was doing a bit of research research on him, I seen that he's fought. A few tough, fight, well, quite a few tough fighters in his career. I know we've fought uh, John Jones when John Jones was at the beginning of his career, and he's also fought the likes of Gabriel Garcia. So I think fight, fight. I know John was only at the beginning of his career. John John's been good, great at the sport since I can remember. So for that reason, as well, I'm going to go for a Porter second round TKO. Oh, I like it. I like the disagreement here. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's look at what we're all getting here. If uh, overall, oh, let's just start from the beginning. Chris opened up plus 125. Parker opened up minus 144. And it got 25 cents worse for Chris. He's even 100 right now. Parker's minus 115. So it looks like everybody was jumping on Chris money-wise and driving the line down. It's even money right now, plus 100. Uh, if Chris wins by early by any kind of you know early stoppage, Chris is plus one seventy five. Parker is plus one thirty. Wow, wow! Uh, first round for Chris is plus three seventy five. Second round for Parker is plus six hundred. Ooh, let's hope let's hope Mason's right there. <laughs> plus six hundred. That's a nice little payday. But unfortunately, <laughs> James, I gotta agree with Chris. I gotta agree with Mason here. I think I think Parker can take the fight. I hate that I'm on the wrong side of where the money's coming in. So I, I fear you're yeah. probably right, uh, James, the way the money's coming in. But I, I like Parker here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a few dollars on that, and uh, I'm gonna follow Mason. Second round, mm. second round. Sorry, James. Uh, no, don't, don't apologize. I can, I can sense. I can sense. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling you will. I have a feeling you will. Yeah. Yeah, we're not making profit. I'll be looking down on you, you guys. All right. All right. <laughs> what else is? We've got something else left, right? Yeah. I think we've still got three more fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Head, obviously, next up we got Felice Harrig versus Werner Yanid uh, Droba. Oh, this this is going to be an interesting one. Obviously, it's a strawweight belt. We have not seen Felice Herrig fight since 2018, and that was uh, on the same card as uh, Connor versus Khabib. And you know, it'd be interesting to see because she's had to deal with a lot of uh, injuries. I think it was her ACL. She done her ACL in, which has sort of forced her to sort of take a step back from the sport and had to recover. On paper, obviously, she's on a two-fight losing streak, losing to Michelle Waterson and Karolina uh, Kolafeshic. I've probably butchered that one. Just some uh, Polish woman will say, with no disrespect, <laughs> just say <laughs> Karolina, because <laughs> I've probably butchered that. But yeah, obviously, she's on a two-fight losing streak, and obviously, the injuries and the sort of ring rust are sort of going to play a big factor. And when you look at um, Werner, Vienna, or whatever, what have you, I'm very much leaning towards her on this one. I think she's an experienced... BJJ expert, and you know, again, it's the sort of the same with the Yoda sort of fight. You know what to expect from Vienna. Twelve out of her fifteen wins have come via submission. She's very good off the back, and what we've seen with sort of Felice is uh, her sort of defense is sort of questionable as to you know whether or not she can sort of consistently defend Vienna's attempts to sort of take the fight to the floor. So it'll be interesting to see how she deals with that in that department. So. 
I think she will. I think Herrick will really, really will struggle with in a sort of lethal crown game, you know. <laughs> and to take two years away from the sport, when obviously it's out of her hands. It's it's there is going to be ring must there, and it's going to be difficult to sort of keep the fight standing, especially with Vinny's sort of persistence, sort of take the fight to the floor. And in that sort of sense, I'm probably going to go for a Vinna for a second round submission. Hey, Mason, you got to agree with him on this one. I agree, but I'm going for a third round submission for Verna. I, I, I think the ground game is going to be too strong for Felice. And as James said, I know she couldn't help it, but the two ring, two years out of the ring, I think is going to show, and I think there is going to be a bit of ring rust there. Okay. All right. So second round, third round, early stoppage. Well, first off, let's look at the big line. Uh, Verna opened up minus two seventy four. She's minus two eighty one now. So even with that big ass number, the money's still kind of trickling in on Verna and driving it yeah. even worse. So she's a heavy favorite. I mean, she's Vegas has got her winning like seventy three percent of the time. So jeez, and it's probably that's probably even a little low. <laughs> I think she probably wins nine out of ten of these. Oh man. Um, let's see. Early stoppage for Verna is plus 220. I like that. We're getting a little bit of value there. If it goes to the decision, it's plus 105. So, and if she wins in the second, it's plus 800. Wins in the third, it's plus 1600. So this is, again, this is another situation where we could follow both of you guys, place bets on both of those outcomes, and get paid either way. So that's probably mm. what I'm going to do is follow you guys because it's just minus 281. I'm not laying minus 281. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to follow both of you, gents. And if you're wrong, I will not be laughing. On, yeah, 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 yeah. You'll have some words. You'll have some words for you. Blame, blame the MMA. It's not, it's not <laughs> my fault. Yeah. It's a very unpredictable game. Again, yeah. obviously, if the, that fight doesn't come to fruition, I will be sure to switch my phone off. Yeah. So don't get any abuse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we got next up, guys? Uh, it's a featherweight belt between, I think this is the featured belt on the early prelims between Herbert Burns and uh, Daniel Pinedo. Obviously, you look at the, the word Burns and the name Burns, he is related to Gilbert. And obviously, you look at his success at yeah, World Tour, it's just second to none. I think... I've, I've been on the show a couple of times, I think, well, once, when uh, Herbert fought in the UFC, and that was against um, Evan Dunham. And I was very reluctant to pick Herbert on this fight. I was just, I don't know what he had to offer, because prior to that, he fought once in the UFC, and then he came through the Contender Series, uh, where he beat uh, Derek Minna via a first-round submission. So we know what to expect from Burns. He's 11-2. and two. Since the fight with Evan, he, he has impressed me. I've looked at him and, you know, he, there are sort of similarities in that sort of ground game department with his brother. And I'm I'm very much looking forward to Herbert Burns. Obviously, this will be a big test for him against Pineda. I, I, like I said, I under, underestimated him against Dunham. And historically, when you look at the Brazilians, they've just got this sort of great wrestling background with the BJJ and the sufficient grappling ability and... It'll be interesting to see how Pineda sort of deals with that in a sense. He's he's also very dangerous himself, Pineda. So it'll be a tough test for Burns, who's I don't he's got the capability to compete on the floor. I just don't think he has the sort of similar caliber of Herbert when it comes to fighting on the floor. I, I don't know. It's it's going to be a tough one, but I think Pineda's best chances is to probably catch Burns on the feet. 
or sort of try and hurt him in the transition of when Burns is trying to take the fight to the floor. But when it comes to striking department, I think that's probably Pineda's path to victory. I, I think we'll see a repeat of the Dunham fight. I think we will get a Herbert Burns fire first round submission. Mason. I, I've gone for the exact same as James there. I think the submission skills of Burns and the ground game is going to be too much for Daniel. So... I agree with James with a first round submission. Wow, look at that. An agreement. I like it. I like it a lot. And <laughs> hopefully we'll change with the last one. <laughs> James said this is gonna be a good test for Herbert Burns, and I think James is being kind. I think this is a tune up for Herbert Burns. I whew, this looks pretty one sided. Uh Burns opened up minus two sixty. He's minus two eighty one now. So again, we're seeing another situation where even though it's a pretty high money line. The money had no problem jumping in on it. So whew, that looks looks dangerous. Minus 281. Too much to lay. So, but I do think Herbert Burns wins. Whew, we're, not, we're not getting much value. We're not getting much value uh, on the uh, submission. Herbert Burns to just, you know, KOTKO submission. Minus 175. So we're still going to have to lay a bit of money to get there. Get that. And if Burns wins in the first, that's paying plus 150. So that's a little. That's the value right there. It's just Burns in the first round plus one fifty. Man, what a one-sided fight it looks like. I mean, the numbers. Yeah, I mean, you never yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I the mean, numbers make it look bad. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But obviously, if the fight, you know, it's like the same as a sort of McGregor fan going into the Khabib fight. I was like, oh, you know, the round starts off standing. Obviously, if Connor can catch him on early, you never know. And it's the same with this one. The, you know, it's the old adage, you never made the fight does start standing. And I think in terms of Pineda, he does have the edge in the striking. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, I do I do think Burns will win. But if he can catch him early on Pineda, then you never know. But yeah, right, right. It, it's just very unpredictable. Well, and McGregor fans are all in like mental institutions. Let's, you know, it's... I uh, yeah, that. I can confirm I've just recently been released from the institution. <laughs> 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 oh, so, what else do we have? I think this is the final one, well, the first one, but the final one, obviously, we're going to talk about between uh, TJ Brown, Brown and Danny yeah. uh, Chavez. Featherweight belt. <laughs> before the defeat to Jordan Griffin via second round to get a team, we saw uh, TJ go on a four fight and beating streak. And unfortunately, to fight Jordan Griffin on your UFC debut, it's never going to be easy. And a lot of his fights. When you look at it on paper with T, uh, TJ Brown, a lot of his fights have been won inside the distance. He's got picked up a nice couple of early first round submissions and TKs, what have you. So you know what to expect from TJ Brown early on. He likes to sort of fire off and sort of explode right from the get go. And it'll be interesting to see how Danny sort of handles with that. And obviously with Danny, he's on a three fight winning streak, and this is he'll be making his UFC debut. So I like this. I like the matchup between the two. Um, when you look at it on paper, I, I just think based on his sort of versatile and ability in terms of the striking and as well as the sort of ground game, I'm probably going to lean towards TJ Brown via first round submission on this one. Like I said, you know, TJ loves to get it done very early on. He, he just, a lot of these fights have come inside the distance. So I'm going to go for a first round for TJ. Submission. All right. Mason. Um, I'm going for TJ. TJ decision, decision. Um, I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna control him for a bit and then get get it done over the whole fifteen. Mm. 
So that's my decision. Gotcha. All right. Uh, TJ opened up minus 175. He's minus 150 now. Danny opened up plus 150. He's plus 130 now. So people, it looks like people are kind of jumping on Chavez just a little bit. They like that value of the plus 150. Mm. It's a tough one. This looks pretty close just looking at their stats. Mm, mm. Let's see what let's see what you're getting paid here. TJ. <laughs> TJ TJ to win uh early is plus 200 or excuse me plus 220 by decision is plus 200. So look, that looks like they think it might go decision. Uh, TJ to win in the first. There you go. Plus 550. I like that. Uh, if it goes to the cards and he wins, plus 200. So I like that. James, I'm going to hope you're right, and I'm going to follow you. And let's get that first round decision or first round submission or TKO. Let's do it. <laughs> I like that, man. That pays a lot. <laughs> right. So that's it. So I'm here to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Making some money. So that's it. We covered all the fights that we know about, and <laughs> hopefully none of them get canceled, correct? Yeah, no, obviously when you look at it, I'll keep up to date with this Fingers sort of crossed. stuff. Yeah, I don't think we will have any sort of cancellations. I, I, I don't know. I haven't had anything. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let's let's get it through it. So you guys are sports sesh, and you talk about what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Soccer. You talk about soccer. No, no. I've told you this before. You know, (laughs) I've told you it's football. (laughs) Football. Come on. Honestly, I've told you this so many times. You can't can't do this to me now. They talk about the one where they kick the ball around. Yes. Where they kick the ball with their feet. That's the one. And you guys are. It's the true football. You guys are pulling some names. I mean, maybe not necessarily names that an American would recognize, but you're pulling some names over there uh, to get interviewed on your show, right? Yeah, 100%. Obviously, if you're sort of uh, a UK fan, you'll know. Yeah. Mason? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, we've had had a couple of names that people over here will recognize, but we've also had a couple of UFC fighters that I'm sure a few American fans will recognize. We've had Joe Selecki and Matt Frabola, so I'm sure nice. you guys will recognize them names. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, man, that's really cool. So I always put the link to Sports Session in the description. Click it, follow it, and, or you can follow you know James over at UFC Deluxe on Twitter. Mason, what's your Twitter handle for people to follow? Uh, my Twitter is at MMA Mason. At MMA Mason. Very good. All right, guys, is there anything else we should be aware of before we uh, put a pen in this one? No, not from my standpoint, obviously. Uh, I, I you know, think we covered everything now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. I think we got, it should be an interesting one. Yeah, we've got a, a touch of a delay going on here. It's all good. It's all. It's a long-distance <laughs> long phone call here. So, <laughs> All right, guys, get out of here. Let's make some money right, this weekend. Let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Take care, mate. Thank you for having me on again. Cheers for having me on, Arch. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.